John mentioned, we continue with our parables and we continue today or start today with the parable of the sower. And that's from uh, the passage of Mark 4, verses 1 to 20. And uh, the visual arts also has this, uh, uh, something set up in the window there with the four soils. And Jones showed the importance of having good soil as well. And this uh, parable is also can be found in uh, Luke 8 and Matthew 13. But we're going to be read, reading from Mark 4, verses 1 to 20 this morning. Mark 4, we begin at verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked about his, the parables. And he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God Almighty, we give you thanks again for your word. As we've been reading it this morning through the Psalms and the Old Testament, and now through the book of Mark, the gospel message of Mark. So Lord, may this word, as we're hearing it this morning, maybe some for the first time, maybe some for many times, over and over, but may it speak to us in a way that hasn't spoken to us before, that we may hear your word and listen to your word and obey your word, that we will act on it. So bless uh, the reading of this word and the proclamation of your word through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, this morning we continue our series on Jesus' parables. And for those who were not here last week, maybe you're visiting with us, uh, we learned how many of the parables are about the kingdom of God. And we read last week selected verses from Isaiah 40. 
giving us a visual and, and more of an understanding about the kingdom of God. It was a reminder that Scripture does not directly define the kingdom of God. Rather, Scripture gives us information on what the kingdom of God is like. In fact, many of the parables, as you read them in the New Testament, will start off by saying the kingdom of God is like. When Scripture refers to the kingdom of God, it often is not speaking so much about eternity and our eternal heavenly home. Rather, the kingdom of God speaks about now, speaks about the present. Seeing the unfamiliar kingdom of God brought into our familiar everyday lives, the kingdom is on earth. In his book on parables, John Timmer calls the parables kingdom equations because it equates God's world and our world. Timmer goes on to say that in our world, we must look deeply into the parable and into God's kingdom to see what God is doing in us and among us. And as we go through the kingdom parables, we are focusing on what God does in his kingdom today and how we can respond today. Last week, our group was challenged, and maybe other groups challenge themselves, or even individuals. Maybe you challenge yourselves on a weekly basis as well. But we put this challenge out there. Go through the week and intentionally see God at work in our lives. Whatever situation, whatever circumstances, see God at work in our lives and share it. The parable of the sower equates the kingdom of God to the everyday story of a farmer who sows seed in different types of soil. So as we begin this parable from Mark 4, Mark notes that Jesus is teaching by the lake. Now you've got to admit, it's a bit of a nice context to be teaching in. It's probably beautiful scenery. And you can hear the water and, and maybe the, the birds around. And there was also, though, an overwhelming amount of people showing up. And there was such a large crowd that we hear that, Jesus, that gathered around Jesus that Jesus had to make his way into a boat in order to speak to them. You see, Jesus had become quite popular, and he's been attracting a lot of people. And as we look at this passage, we first look at what God is doing. And as we noted, Jesus is again teaching. And he's teaching many people. And he's teaching in parables. He's teaching people to see God at work in their lives and in his kingdom on earth. Jesus is sowing seed. He is sowing his word. He is sowing his word into the hearts of the people. Now, not all the people who came out that morning to hear the lakeside preaching are coming out for the same reason. Some might be curious. Some Maybe think that he's their lucky charm kind of thing and they're going to be healed. Maybe some want a relationship with Jesus as a, as a close friend, nice guy. Others as a savior. Maybe some heard that preaching was going on and out of habit they just felt that we might as well listen to another sermon, especially this popular guy. Toronto preacher Charles Price, he states this about this passage. Jesus did not come to get people out of hell into heaven but to get Jesus out of heaven into our hearts, 
into the hearts of his people. God's kingdom and his reign on this earth are to be brought into our hearts today. So Jesus is teaching and sowing his word into our hearts. And how do we receive it? How do we receive his word? And how is that word transforming our lives today? Now again, as popular as Jesus was, you think that when he got the crowds, such large crowds surrounding him, that he'd preach his most powerful and and understandable sermon ever. I mean, this is an opportunity when there's tons of crowds, tons of people around him, to reach people that are able to repent and believe. But what does Jesus do instead? He preaches a story that he expects not everybody will understand. Jesus decides to tell a story, a parable, that leaves many perplexed and wondering kind of what's up with this story. So what is he teaching his people? What is Jesus calling his people to in his kingdom on earth? Well, we had said that the sower and the teacher are important themes in this parable. But Jesus is also teaching that hearing is important. Verse 3, Jesus commands his audience to listen. Listen. He commands them to hear what he has to say. In verse 9, we read, Then Jesus says, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In this original language of this passage, the word hear appears nine times. Hearing is important. There's other areas of Scripture that speak about hearing as well. Revelation, in the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks to seven churches. And he says to them, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, it was stressed to the Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And this today, as in the ancient days, was referred to as a Shema. And Jewish people will talk about the Shema. The word Shema is the Hebrew word for hear. Hearing was important to the people of Israel. Hearing was important to Jesus. But it's all good and fine that one hears. I think many of us know that words can go in one ear and out the other. But Old Testament hearing was not only passive. Hearing is accompanied with action. So when the word Shema is used, it means more than just hear. When Shema is used, it indicates to hear and obey. That's why in Deuteronomy it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. And follow, and it follows, love God. With all your heart. Hearing is active. It's not passive. Hearing involves our ears, but it also involves our heart. So in this parable in Mark, hearing is introduced. But what follows is our reaction to hearing the word of God. What's next after you hear? Well, there's four categories in this parable. And it's up to the listener to hear what category one might fall into. 
and where God is challenging his people to grow in his word. As Jesus explains the parable, he tells the people that the farmer, again, the farmer sows the word. The seed represents the word of God. The seed is sown into the hearts of the people by the sower, by the farmer. And as mentioned, Jesus sows his word into the hearts of his people. God initiates. We respond. The seed, or the word of God, falls on different types of soil. The soil represents how the word of God is being received by people with different types of hearts. Some hearts are closed, and some hearts are open. The first soil was found in between the wheat fields. There were footpaths formed where people walked. And after having walked upon it numerous times, these paths eventually became hard as pavement. For anybody who may have gone to the plowing match, there's an area in the field where people will be directed to walk on. And you will notice that over time, that part of the field will become hard as a rock. It's like sowing seed into this area. It's like sowing seed on, on the pavement to grow. It would have no chance of penetrating the land. In fact, the seed would just lay there on the hard ground, and eventually the birds would grab the seed away. This heart has the opportunity to hear the word of God. God is still sowing his word, and yet the heart is hardened and not open. There are people who are listening to Jesus, and who are there for whatever reason, but not to allow the word of God to enter their hearts. Satan snatches the word from them. These people have closed hearts that totally reject the word. And Jesus was likely referring to the Pharisees and others who didn't want to hear the good news that Jesus proclaimed. They didn't want to repent. They didn't want to follow him. Their hearts are hardened in seeing that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. There are people who find salvation and strength in themselves rather than putting their complete faith and trust in Christ alone. And finding strength and salvation in yourself is impossible. The second soil was comprised of a thin layer of dirt covering the limestone rock. When the seed was scattered, the rain fell and the seed would germinate, but the root system did not go deep and the plant would either wither and would likely wither in the sun. This is the heart who hears the word. And at once, as scripture says, they receive it with joy. These hearts hear something that they really like about God's word. Maybe it's like a, a verse from Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd and he supplies all my needs. And you just think, wow, like God supplies everything I want. Or maybe it's hearing what they want to hear so that they could prove their point or win the next argument. The Bible is used as a weapon rather than used for life changing. But as the explanation in Mark states, when troubles or persecution come their way, there's no root. People listen to God's word simply to cure life's common problems. Maybe to argue what they want to argue, and as long as the problem is cured, as long as the argument is won, the word is doing okay. But then when struggles occur in their life, and they, the struggles don't disappear, rather than feeling the comfort of God's word, they feel the failure of God's word, and they completely walk away. This is not talking about doubts, folks. It's a rejection of the word. God's word never fails. It offers the promise of forgiveness and salvation, but not 
if our hearts are not open to receive it. The third soil is a ground which looked clean because the thorns had been cleared, but the ground was still full of roots from these thorns. And so when the seed was scattered and it germinated, these thorns would also begin to grow and eventually choke out the good plants. This is the heart that hears God's word. But the word is choked out by the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. So people's hearts are hearing God's word, and people even accept God's word, and they believe. Oh yes, I believe it's a story of salvation. People hear God's word providing instruction, how to live lives of obedience. The word penetrates the hearts. But then there's resistance. Because suddenly there's other important things going on in one's life. As Matthew 6, 21 states, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Because of these other important things, people are not able to produce the fruit that God commands. And perhaps these other things, they can be physical possessions. Maybe cars, boats, cottages, or, or education, or vocation, which become more important to us. Things that distract people from doing what God calls us to. Active listening of his word. Hearing and obeying. Psalm 1, we read that earlier in the service at the time of confession. It's that slow fade. When people go from walking to standing to sitting with evil. Now before we go to the fourth soil... We know the first soil is about people who are not at all wanting to be part in the kingdom of God. They reject it. The fourth soil, as we will hear, will be about people who participate in the kingdom. They receive the kingdom. They receive the word. But what about the middle two soils? Can someone have one foot in and one foot out? The parable says no. People will either fall away or be unfruitful. For those among us who are farmers, you likely don't plant your spring crop hoping that the seed will only germinate. Or that maybe it will germinate and only produce a beautiful plant. Farmers plant crops to produce fruit. In the first three soils, there is no fruit produced. There is no kingdom growth or even potential growth. The fourth soil is the good ground. And it was plowed all nice and even. It was deep and rich and soft soil. This was the perfect type of soil for plants to thrive. And the seed that germinated in this soil grew well and it produced a bumper crop. This is active hearing. It is a heart open to God's word and obeying. Sure. No doubt. The person who hears God's word, who receives God's word, who has an open heart, may still have doubts. Sure, the person will continue to fall short and to sin. And as this heart actively hears, the person will also bear fruit. And the yield will be 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Typically, an average yield in those days would be less than 10 times what was sown. So a crop that yields 30 or 60 times what was sown would be a bumper crop, and rarely would a hundredfold be attained. 
This bumper crop represents the potential enormous growth of God's kingdom. People who are hearing and obeying and impacting God's kingdom. So the sower is teaching. And God's word is powerful to produce a massive amount of fruit in our lives and in his kingdom. And God wants us to hear his word, to accept his word, to receive his word, and to bear fruit. Lots of fruit. Now this takes the Genesis command, be fruitful and multiply, to a whole new level. You see, God doesn't only want the earth to be populated. That was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he wants his kingdom populated. Be fruitful so that others can hear the word. Accept the word and bear fruit as well. Our hearing of the word not only has an impact on us, but our hearing of the word has an impact on others. Be fruitful and multiply his kingdom. We need to be more and more intentional and we need to challenge each other in this area. You know, I've chatted with some of you over the last few weeks about the uh, Four City North church site that we'll be launching in about a year in Exeter, 2019, September. And in most cases, and I think that's normal and okay, hearing this news about another church coming to Exeter, it creates tensions. And that's okay. It's okay that it creates tensions and anxiety. But let's not look at something like this as a threat. What if we were to look at something like this as a challenge? Where is God stirring us? To be more intentional. To be more intentional in, in our neighborhoods, in our community. Where can we be more missional? And even partner, of course, with God, but partner with old churches and new churches. How can we come from the perspective, yes, still have anxiety, that's fine, but come from the perspective of hearing and obeying? What challenge is before us? And that's not only in this circumstance, that's with any circumstance. Where do we see God at work in, the life, in our life, in the life of his church, challenging us? And where is he what is he teaching us? You see, God's word is practical. And also, God does not hide the fact that we are sinful and our worldly temptations surround us and there's fears and anxieties that will come upon us. God came down to live in this world as Jesus Christ in the flesh. So he knows our worries and our anxieties, our desires and temptations. He was tempted himself. He knows the dramatic declines in the stock market that worry some of his people. He knows areas without rain and crops are failing. He knows that flooding has occurred in the area of states in Southeast Asia. He accepts our questions about evil and tragedies in this world. He knows that many are deceived by wealth and that by nature people would, would, would rather invest in worldly items than invest in his kingdom work. Jesus knows that there are fears about churches in our church. God knows people often stray from his word and put trust in, in other crutches or gods, whether it be money or employment or, or sports or drugs or alcohol, sex, and other things that cannot save. God is aware of our sinful nature, and he doesn't approve of it. But when we read from his word, when he 
teaches us his word and sows a seed into our hearts, we also hear about his grace and his forgiveness. The amazing grace that calls us to repentance and to action. And as we hear and obey, we'll continue to hear about an amazing God. An amazing God who claims 100% claims us as his sons and daughters. Even when we fall short and we're not even 100% fruitful. We're called to partner with Jesus, bringing the kingdom of heaven on earth today. And Jesus wants to be in our hearts today. He wants to give us new life today, and he wants us to hear and to respond today. So friends, don't have both feet out. Don't have one foot in and one foot out. Allow the Holy Spirit of Jesus to penetrate your heart with his word, with his gospel. God's kingdom is not only about coming to church on Sunday morning. It's transformational living throughout the week. Wherever God sends us and whatever he calls us to do, hear and be obedient. Jesus Christ is sowing the seed of his gospel in our hearts today and he's calling us each to receive God's word of salvation and forgiveness to receive his love and grace. And in doing so, may we produce a bumper crop of fruit and grow our relationship with God and with others and continue to build his kingdom here on this earth. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Father God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates into our hearts. So we thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching your word and for calling us to listen and to hear your word. Through the power of your Holy Spirit in us, may we receive your word today and from now on with open hearts. And may it transform us more and more into your likeness. May we produce fruit in line with your word and may your kingdom grow on this earth and may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, may we be open to your reign in your kingdom and to reigning in our hearts. And it's only in Jesus' name that we can pray this. Amen.